It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 73 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. In case you're just joining us, yeah, we're still on the first movie. <laughs> Seems like forever, but we're still here. We're still on the first movie. What month are we in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. When did we start? 73 episodes down now, or wow. almost down. We'll be down here shortly, and then we can claim that in the bag. But I can't believe we forgot to mention it yesterday that Disney released a new trailer. Well, maybe an international trailer, actually, that did have some exciting news for Pirates of the Caribbean and Kira Knightley fans. Elizabeth Swan is in the trailer. She appears quickly as if she's awaiting the return of, well, spoilers here, folks. Will Turner, who we last saw as the captain of the Flying Dutchman, who only returns to land every 10 years, or at least kind of has that ability to step foot on land for one day every 10 years. And it's definitely reminiscent of her overlooking the sea, waiting for his return. That's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, it's becoming quite the buildup. And we knew this was going to happen, especially as the release date of the movie approaches and keeps creeping closer, that we would get more bits and pieces coming out, new marketing materials and all that kind of good stuff. And now, yeah, it's happening. They finally gave us the hint that Elizabeth is going to be in it. How much she's going to be in it, we don't know. But she is there for a bit. You know how this stuff goes. They're probably just teasing it. Like, oh, boop, there it is. And then she won't be there. But... They're teasing it, at least. We'll see what happens. It reminds me of that one movie we waited. Oh, got to see that movie. We seen a line in the trailer. Uh, what was the name of that movie? And then when we watched the movie. It was actually the... a Michael Douglas movie, and it was I'll Never Tell. Yeah. She says, I'll Never Tell. She says, I'll Never Tell. Yeah, and we <laughs> actually, when we watched the movie, what was the name of that movie? But we actually watched the movie. We, we rented it. And what happened was, is the DVD skipped. <laughs> There is like a smudge on it. We did a red box on it, I think. And there's just a tiny smudge right in the right spot. And it completely skipped over that. (laughs) And we're like, but this was the goddamn tagline for the whole movie that they teased on all the trailers, went everywhere. And we sat there going, boy, that's weird. They cut the tagline out of this movie. (laughs) No, they didn't. (laughs) Our DVD skipped it. It's odd we didn't realize... It must have skipped at just like, the right time. Well, it was. It was like a perfect it was a skip. transition was able to make. Yeah. Because how we didn't notice that, it was It weird. was. It was like it just skipped and it was like a perfect skip to a transition, probably like a fade or something. And it just blasted by. And we're like, boy, that is just crazy town. <laughs> like they really do take things out sometimes or things never appear in the movies. But I'm like, man, that's dumb that they took out the tagline <laughs> that they built their whole marketing campaign around. So, yeah. Is Disney doing that to us? <laughs> We're going to go there. The reel will skip. Well, if it's digital. But the, the projector will skip. We'll never see Elizabeth. And we'll go, you know, those bastages. They, <laughs> they cut Elizabeth out. So we'll see if that actually happens. 
Could be another moment for us on that. Plus, one of our listeners, Cynthia Hurt, dropped the bomb on us. Actually, maybe it was over the weekend as well, or actually maybe during the week last week, that she won tickets to an early screening of the movie. So great news for her and congratulations, but there might be a bit of jealousy in my voice about that. (laughs) Uh, I'm saying that I'm really excited, and I am for her, but I'm going, oh, man, that's a bummer for us. (laughs) We could have sure used the extra time to like go see it or once or twice and then come back and record a show of our thoughts on it. But we're going to be like you, the rest of the masses, just mere plebeians going out there. We're peasants. We're the common folk seeing it on the release day or the next day, depending on how it goes. Meanwhile, Cynthia is cruising into a special screening, the early screening coming out, knowing everything that's going on. Well, congratulations to her. Yeah. <laughs> And thanks for all the jumping in. She's also like a super contributor to our Cursed Listeners crew and just has a lot of comments in general. So we always appreciate the feedback and love her support, especially since we're just getting our listener group started. So it's always good to have somebody who's engaging and has a lot of information and fun to contribute and make things happy. Make things happen, I should say. (laughs) Not happy. Well, Well, happy too, yeah. (laughs) So as I said, maybe it was like a... Jealousy in my voice, or maybe it's greed. And speaking of greed, I say we get to the Aztec gold. What do you say? Let's get to the greed. Let's get to the gold. Oh, gold. You want greed, I want gold. Just goes to show you. I got my priorities straight here. (laughs) (laughs) In the previous minute, Jack fails to convince Will that he is obviously an upstanding, trustworthy gentleman. Will does, however, believe that Jack is definitely worthy of an oar-sized bitch slap that goes just a bit too far as Jack drops into a deep slumber. Meanwhile, Captain Barbosa, famished for a little American pie, I mean apple pie, is on the verge of eliminating a ten-year curse as he draws his knife from the Aztec chest, begun by blood, by blood undone. Minute 73 begins with Will Turner finishing his line with, Jack, I'm not going to be your leverage. Notice how I said leverage and not leverage? Yes. Because he does say leverage. He does say leverage. He's like Gibbs. Leverage. (laughs) Captain Barbosa pulls the medallion from Elizabeth's neck and places it in her palm as he proceeds to slice her palm with his knife. The minute ends with Keeler asking, did it work? Rigetti and Patel, in that order, respond, I don't feel no different. How do we tell? Sparking Barbosa to roll his eyes. (laughs) Surprise! The big reveal. Elizabeth is bracing for the worst. This is the end. The end times, we can say. Nope. Just a non-lethal cut to the palm. (laughs) (laughs) Is that it? (laughs) Well, That's it. I mean, Barbosa says, waste not. I mean, it's like this huge buildup. We've all been tricked. And Elizabeth just gets a slice to the palm. Non-lethal, unless she gets an infection. Ah! That's true. Yeah. The joke is on us because in 17th century, or 18th century, I should say, yeah, there wasn't a lot of, well, medicine for that kind of stuff. So you did hope for the worst people to die of that stuff. Especially with this knife, who knows where it's been. I bet it hasn't been sterilized. And now he's going around slicing Elizabeth up. It was just sitting in that chest. So every one of those pirates were cut with this thing. That's some blood contamination there. (laughs) You got that right. (laughs) What's wrong with these people? You got to sterilize that thing before you go slicing everybody. And you notice nobody's fixed the chain on this medallion. Well, (laughs) I was going to bring that up too. 
Because I had, now I got to find it in my notes because of you bringing it up. Where did I have that? I don't know, but why wouldn't you have it at the beginning of the minute? What? I did find it. It was at the beginning. But I just had my note because I thought it was like this thing. It was on my mind as well with this medallion. And my thought was that I had written down was that poor medallion chain. (laughs) I mean, it's been ripped off Elizabeth again and again and again. (laughs) I'm starting to feel sorry for the clasp on it if there is one now. Well, it's ripped off Will, too. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's ripped off Will. It was ripped off Elizabeth. It was ripped off. Wasn't it ripped off her? She pulled it off her neck when she first got to the Black Pearl to hold it over the side. So this is going on. I don't know how long it's going to be going on. If there's a character that's getting the beat down in here, it's not any one of the traditional characters. It's actually the clasp on this chain here that is getting the beat down. And then I was wondering... And how it keeps getting fixed and put back together. So I'm starting to wonder if one of these cursed crew members is actually a jeweler. Maybe he's one. Maybe there's one of these guys. And I have to look at their names again. Maybe he's some kind of jeweler or gem guy. A metallurgist or something that is allowing them to fix this all the time. Well, you know, there's this plastic latch for a necklace. And one side, this kind of a rubbery plastic. So it fits like male and female Fitting pipe. Yeah. What I'm talking about. I kind of know what so you're it's talking this, about. So it's this plastic. One has got a little ball and one's kind They're of... They're saying rope. they were using plastic. They, they were, were using... ahead of their time. Yeah, yeah. That's possible. That's <laughs> maybe the best explanation we have as to how this thing keeps getting fit back together. I'm not sure what else would be able to be ripped off. Either that or like I said, gone. this Barbosa crew member is spending all of his time down in one of the cabins fixing. or below deck just fixing this thing. He's like, it's back again? <laughs> My God, this thing's ever going (laughs) to... Would you guys stop taking that chain off like that? (laughs) So how many times has it been broken now then? At least three? Uh, uh, Yeah, I would say three. Three or four now? It's like, geez, we should start keeping track of that throughout the rest of the movie. (laughs) As I was talking about before, Heather had to jump in with her clasp remark and this chain because that was the big reveal for her is the chain (laughs) as opposed to me, the whole Elizabeth thing. I mean, this is where we're talking priorities here. I'm seeing this big picture here of Wow, Elizabeth didn't die. She just had to get her palm cut. Heather's like, man, that medallion chain. (laughs) That's what she's really concerned about. (laughs) And then the whole part about this is that Barbosa just loves to play the mind games with her. And even he's he's even doing this until the very end to keep her guessing about this. She thinks this is it. We talked about this a lot before. She's still here. And then just even the way in the last minute how he grabs her, pushes her head down and neck over this chest like he's going to slit her throat over it or something. Jeez. Yeah, I went there. It's a little gruesome. I went there. I had to. It's a Tuesday, so you're allowed to be gruesome. (laughs) Gruesome Tuesday. Yeah, gruesome Tuesday. That's it. (laughs) And then he ends up cutting her palm, and that's kind of like the big letdown. She's like, that's it? That's what? Yeah. What's going on here? I mean, she's probably tickled about that, but she's also been like, you have just been playing psychological yeah. games with me, you She's expected bastard. to die. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the deal with the mind games? Is it just because he's a pirate? What's going on here? He likes messing with her. Why, though? I don't know. Maybe because he's pirate. I don't know. He likes messing with her. He likes to keep, just like Jack, though, keep him guessing. Something to do with Jack and Barbosa. Yeah. So I wonder if this they like to keep everybody guessing. mind games is going to come back to haunt him in the next minute or so. We should all keep our eye on that to see what happens. You can feel maybe we'll... 
I'm just saying we leak. should keep an eye on it. Yeah, we won't leak any information, but definitely there's something going on here. And it's a tit for tat possible scenario. But we'll talk about that next time. I'm getting Somebody the around here is leaking. Ah! <laughs> leaking information. But he's not all bad then. I guess he's not all bad. And I say that with hesitation if I can add my own thought bubble here. <laughs> I mean, have all these severe criminal actions been the result of being consumed by greed because of the curse? He's pirate. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, in other words, he was just a mildly bad, thieving, mutineering fella. But when it came to ending the curse and actually killing Elizabeth Swan or Miss Swan or Miss Turner, as he knows her, he was like, you know, waste not. There's no need in killing a beautiful young lady. Well, I think that's why he says that. Waste not. Yeah. Why? If you didn't need to, but what's with the mind games then? What is with this guy? <laughs> this guy has a sick sense of humor. He likes messing with her. He likes to keep her on her toes. That he does. I also like the slow motion drop of the medallion into the chest. Does yeah. all these flips and stuff. I thought yeah. that was really cool. It's this kind of nice dramatic effect. As Especially every- after we see that he didn't really even need to kill Elizabeth. So we're waiting for that drama. Yeah. And then not, but then they get the drama of the medallion falling. Yeah. And so we get the sense that, yeah, the curse is going to be lifted here. All the pirates close their eyes and are waiting in bated breath. Yeah. They're doing that because they're infatuated with the idea that the curse is going away. I'm infatuated with the gold here. So I think we all have something in common and it's fortune and glory. Fortune and glory. I do have the curse. (laughs) Waste not, want not is that spin of that phrase that I think that he's referring to. I think we can all say that, right? Yeah. Waste not, want not. Yeah. What not or want not? Waste not, want not. (laughs) And I looked into that just real briefly just to see what the origin was. And it's wise use of one's resources will keep one from poverty, which we all know. And this proverbial saying was first recorded in 1772. So maybe a bit after... What we're seeing here with our pirate friends. So Barbosa coined another phrase? Barbosa coined Or half it, of the phrase. Well, it's actually kind of maybe a bit different because there is an earlier but maybe more alliterative version. And it's willful waste makes willful want. And that was from 1576. So he may have started this whole idea of saying waste not... And then that's what spun off into the modern term so that we have there. So he took, took the, original, the original phrase and started to mess with it. Yes. And then it became a more yes. traditional one that we have today. So there we go. More lines from pirates that are now becoming, uh, let's see, accepted in idioms modern, in modern society. Yes. Great job, Barbosa. Who would have thought such a term or an idiom or phrase would come from a pirate? Lots of phrases come from pirates. That they do. (laughs) Will Turner is, we can move off of kind of the Elizabeth Barbosa thing, unless you have something that you specifically wanted to talk about. How are you going back to Will? I did want to go back to Will for a second, actually. Oh, okay. Well, if you remember, I said the big reveal here. So I I didn't start things off just with the kind of chronological order. I went with the big reveal. I know in your mind, the chain was the big reveal. And you have this whole other concept of how this stuff should work. I took a journalistic approach here, and that's don't bury the lead. I presented the whole Elizabeth survival of this sacrifice. It was not really a sacrifice in this blood repayment. You, on the other hand, buried the lead with a gold chain underneath. Well, the gold chain has been broken 
three or four times, we now say. That's not the lead, though. So, so that's why I jumped around. I the was lead. just pointing that You out. were pointing out, pointing your craziness out. But Jack is on the verge of leaving Will behind again to conduct another secret meeting and negotiation. So this is something similar we saw back at the tavern, the Faithful Bride Tavern, when he told Will to stay behind yes. and watch while he engaged with Gibbs. Yes. And talked yes. about the whole plan and the curse and all that kind of stuff. And that they have the ship and all the good stuff that we see here now. So he's doing the same thing. Will was even skeptical at the time, wondering what was going on. Really didn't trust the situation. Yeah. Now he's not trusting this either. He's like, man, this all this stuff is just building up. And so he ends up hitting him with the oar, knocking him out because he doesn't want to be used as leverage or leverage, leverage to get Jack's black pearl back. But the whole point is... Jack was wondering why Will doesn't trust him, yet he's been leaving him out of these things and setting up these situations that's making Will wonder what's going on. So we should probably just add that to the list of things I created yesterday, that Rolodex of reasons that Will can use when Jack asks a rhetorical question, and he can just add that one to it as well. Well, this and this and this and this. Exactly. (laughs) The one interesting kind of subtle note here, and I wonder if you caught that, is that Will failed... It's saving Elizabeth in this particular well, minute. Well, yeah. If, in this if, whole scenario, actually. So far from what we see up to minute 73, Will failed to save Elizabeth. Right. Because if Barbosa was going to slash her throat, as you said. I said slice. Well, you whatever. went with slash. Slice, slash, whatever. I downplayed it. You just went for the full on slashing. If Barbosa was going to kill Elizabeth... He would have killed her before Will would have gotten Yeah, because technically he failed because it would have been too late. Right. The blood was already Jack shed. Jack stopped him. That's right, because he was looking for a more opportune time. But he would not have... Will. There's no way Will would have made it to Elizabeth Yeah, that's what I'm either. saying. So he yeah. technically failed yes. at saving her. Yes. Barbosa had really gone through with the threat to kill her. He would have never made it in time. Right. And Elizabeth would have died. But she didn't. We have the cursed crew all throughout the cave. They're doing their ritual hurrahs and chanting and all that yeah, good stuff. Yeah, they're all excited about this situation. Yeah, and it really is, again, playing into the whole Aztec ceremonial ritual yeah, deal that we've talked is. about. But we really get a nice close-up of another of Barbosa's crewmen, and that one is Mallet. So it goes kind of hand-in-hand with Grapple and Mallet. You know, we're getting these kind of... Mallet's got a Mallet? Names, yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> He was initially recruited by Jack Sparrow prior to the quest to find Isla de Muerta, though he did side with Barbosa in the mutiny. So he was recruited by Jack, and then he ended up siding with Barbosa for the mutiny stuff. But no surprise, as Heather just said, his choice of weapon is a mallet. It's actually a Cooper's mallet, which is a large wooden block mallet. And a Cooper, if you remember, was a barrel maker. Oh, yeah. That we talked about back at Port Royal when we saw the sign that said Cooper. And then we talked about that and how that was actually a barrel maker. But it's the large wooden mallet that you see in cartoons. If any time you see a mallet in a cartoon and it's this giant wood block on a stick, that would be like a Cooper's mallet kind of thing going on there. Oh, okay. Is that hollow? I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> you said a barrel ho- maker. There's something hollow here. <laughs> no, I was There's something you hollow because here. Because you for said sure. a barrel maker makes it, right? Barrels are hollow. Barrel makers. A cooper is a barrel maker. Okay. And you said that's And he uses the mallet to help make the barrels. Okay. There's a hollow something between some shoulders up here. (laughs) Ah! He also carries a dirk. What's a dirk? It's a short dagger of a kind formerly carried by Scottish Highlanders. 
Oh, really? Yeah, just a short Scottish Highlander-like dagger. Huh. So that's what he does. That's what he carries around. Very cool. Mallet is played by the actor Bry Cooper, and he has a few things here and there from 1995 to stretching, say, 2014. Of note for us here, he starred as a British Navy seaman in the period independent film based on slave piracy, Ill-Gotten Gains, in 1997. He's listed as a writer and producer at Big Digger Productions, but I'm actually not sure if that company is still around. There's no web presence anymore. Appears the domain name was let go in 2016, so I don't think that they're really doing much anymore, and his... Not really much activity on his IMDb page or his even LinkedIn when I was taking a peek at that stuff. So I think maybe that he's transitioning to do something else. But he has apparently done a lot of stage work. But as far as movie and TVs, it's been really slim. And most of the stuff that I saw, besides some of these few movies, were some short films that he did or produced and that kind of stuff. So if we can say that, there's nothing to see here. Nothing to see here, I guess, really. Nothing really exciting for us as far as Pirates of the Caribbean lore, I guess. Right. And we don't even really have that much of a background on him, except that he does carry a cool weapon <laughs> that you don't <laughs> want to be hit with a mallet. No. I'm guessing if I had to choose, though, I'd rather be hit with a mallet, maybe, than a sword. I'm not really sure, though. It, I guess it depends where I'm going to be hit, though. I don't want to be clunked on the head with that giant mallet. No. But I also don't want to be stabbed, either. No. This might be some serious thought here of, of what would they I They both prefer. sound pretty... Pretty brutal? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Unwanted. you know how much it hurts if you smash your finger. Now, just imagine getting slapped down with one of those things on your hand. That's bone-crushing stuff there. Yeah. Since we're talking behind the scenes, let's go to some happy thoughts here. Not mallet smashing and throat slashing as Heather brought up. Because <laughs> she is always on that death note that she likes to do. No. Death and destruction. Throw in her black heart. The music. And I thought I would just mention it because we do have two pieces in this particular minute. One of them is Blood Ritual, and the cue starts with a mysterious tune that starts to build into a very strong climax, and then it plays when the pirates are trying to break the curse. Then we also transition to The Curse is Still Upon Us, and that is pitted with additional music that is similar to almost like a countdown. And I don't know if you noticed that in this particular minute, kind of a countdown feel, and it all seems to really work well, actually. So Barbosa and his crew are kind of basking in what they think is this glory of breaking the curse. And there's this spiritual moment, which you kind of yeah. mentioned that they're really just in awe and hope. Like, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it is kind of the spirituality they're... thing going yeah. on where they're almost closing their eyes, uh-huh. waiting Everybody's for the curse silent. to be lifted. Everybody's silent. They're waiting almost for like, well, I think that they're almost waiting for a like a reverberation to happen. Like we see when the mallet or the mallet. When we see when the medallion hits the water, it sends out this shockwave. Yeah. It's almost like that that's what they're waiting for. Like some big, ta-da, Yeah, something. Something yeah. to know. And yeah. they don't know. So in the background, you hear kind of this music that's almost like a countdown, the way that the beats are happening. Yeah. And then when it ends, they open their eyes, and they're kind of looking around like, okay, did this go? And that's when Keeler... Pintel and Rigetti start asking questions if the curse is gone. Did it work? How do we know? That kind of stuff. And that's when Barbosa's rolling his eyes. I don't feel no different. Yeah, I don't feel no different. Something we'd all say. I don't feel no different. (laughs) So then, yeah. And so it has this kind of interesting countdown. So it's getting you kind of like excited because everything else is quiet. There's no people talking. There's no crew members talking or anything. And you can hear this kind of subtle countdown. Kind of That's at least how I'm describing it as a countdown because it is almost like this progression that's happening and then it stops and they open their eyes and they're ready to see what their future holds for them if they've changed 
Exactly. Then after you get the countdown and Keeler and Rigetti and Pintel all chime in, trying to figure out if something has been changed. Yeah. Then you get Barbosa and he's just like, I'm so sick and tired of these guys. And it just kind of rolls his eyes like, this is ridiculous. Why are we even discussing this? Obviously, nothing's changed. So he starts rolling his eyes at him and just is like, that what oh. it, Is that what it is? Maybe that's exactly what it is. He knows that something didn't happen yeah. that was supposed to happen. Yeah. And well, that's why he rolls his eyes. Because I was wondering, why is he rolling his eyes like that at them? As opposed to saying, man, somebody, somebody waves some nice wind at this guy. Get this guy an apple. You think that they would have brought some apples with them. Put an apple in your pocket, man. Yeah. But he was so... Can you taste the apple now? <laughs> well, he's so in tune into all that he's not feeling. Yeah. The breeze, the everything, you Well, know? after 10 years, maybe none of them remember exactly what it... What is it like just to stand here with... And have those feelings or just being able to sense ambient wind and some of those pleasantries and smells and things like that. Yeah. It's been 10 years. Maybe they forgot what it was like to do that and just to be standing there to know that they have those feelings. I mean, are they not feeling hungry anymore or are they? Because they wouldn't know. They basically had this hunger and this thirst for so long that they can't quench and fill. Yeah. That if the curse was lifted, they would probably still be hungry until they ate something. Yeah. So they're sitting there going, okay, we don't know if this worked or not because we still feel the same. And should we feel the same? Because we would still be hungry. We haven't eaten really anything. We haven't drank anything. Yeah. Get us some fresh water quick or something. Yeah. Right? But I think Barbosa knows... The jig is up. He's not changed. And that's why he's rolling his eyes How dare at you? This, we don't know that. At this conversation going on. Okay, at the conversation. Yeah, he's on. rolling his eyes at the conversation. Cause, cause and I get blamed for looking into the future. And Heather's basically in the saying future. that already you've kind of condemned No, I'm saying working. he's rolling his eyes because he's finding them ridiculous of their conversation. Because in his own way, he's not feeling it. He's not feeling any change. And that's why he's rolling his eyes. Yeah. That's my assumption. Okay, there we go. That's my assumption why he's rolling his eyes like he is. Well, I think he's like, you and guys. And he's a little tired of these guys. Well, sometimes it's the idea that, are you kidding me? You can't figure something out for yourself. Yeah. Try and do something. Tick. Hey, Pintel, tickle Rigetti. Does he <laughs> laugh? Does he feel it? <laughs> you guys, you guys were standing there with parasols. Tickle each other. Let's get this over with. <laughs> you know, let's see what happens. No. Yeah. How do we know? And then we end in this mysterious, did it work? Did it not work? And how, how are do we going to test that? Yeah. <laughs> well, what are you not feeling? <laughs> That's right. That's what I'm saying. You know, they don't what know the what they've been not feeling. Yeah. That's all I got, actually. That's all I have, too. That brings yeah, us to the end of the minute. Sweet. It is an end of the minute kind of deal, isn't yeah. it? It's as far as I've got. So how about we just wrap it up and then come back tomorrow? Okay. I might just sit here all night waiting and then I can just... With bated breath? Yeah, just to see what happens. I'll just sit here in the studio. You can close your eyes? I may close my eyes. I don't know. I may want to channel the curse and to really get that feeling. I may yeah. just eat ash and not drink anything and just sit up here and see what happens. There you go. I'll give it a shot. Let's see what happens. So we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 74, The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Till then, let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum. And get Scott some grog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's that, Banjo? 
Heather's been drinking at the Faithful Bride Tavern? Take me to her, buddy! Blimey! Passed out in the mud with the pigs? Again? This sty is your second home. Heather, wake up! The show's done and you're supposed to tell everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. Banjo, get me a bucket. Hey, Scallywags, while Banjo's getting some water to wake up Heather, it's time I say thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook and Twitter. If you're interested in our best-of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are at blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy.